Welcome to episode number 11 of The Gospel for Everyone. In this episode, we will be talking about five simple ways to reboot your discipleship journey. I'm going to be going solo this week as Jason is away on a mission trip. He's in the Baja Peninsula of Mexico, working with one of our great mission efforts at the Mayfair Church of Christ. It's fall break season here in North Alabama, and it's so good to know that our people are able to go and be with the people of Mexico and help those churches that are in need right now, especially in need of fellowship and encouragement. So like I said, it's just me today. And I wanted to take just a few short minutes and give everyone five really simple, basic tips on how to really jumpstart or reboot your discipleship journey. You know, with the waves of COVID that we have faced over the past few months and a strong desire to get back to normal, I think we also have to look and refocus our energy on being the disciples that Jesus commanded us to be. So I want to jump into this right now with an illustration. Perhaps it's an illustration that you've heard before, but I think it uh, so aptly illustrates what we're trying to get across today. Story goes that someone had convinced Margaret that her dog, Patches, would have a really beautiful coat and strong teeth and a long, healthy life if she gave him a spoonful of castor oil every day. So as an act of love, every 24 hours, Margaret would corner Patches, pin him down and pry open his mouth and pour a tablespoon of castor oil down his throat. It got to the point where when the sound of the drawer opened uh, and after hearing the, the silverware rattle around Patches, her little Yorkie Terrier dog would run and hide anywhere that he could, uh, under the bed, under a chair, anywhere he could find to hide. And one day in the midst of their daily battle, Patches got the best of it and kicked his legs and sent the castor oil bottle flying and it spilled all over the floor. And it was a momentary victory for the canine. Margaret let him go so she could run and retrieve a towel to clean up the mess. And when she returned, she was absolutely shocked. Patches was standing there next to the mess, licking up the spilled castor oil with a look of satisfaction that only a dog can make. And Margaret began to laugh because in that moment it all made sense. Patches didn't hate the castor oil. In fact, he liked it. He just hated being pinned down and having it poured down his throat. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have have heard this idea that you shouldn't force your religion on anyone. You shouldn't force your religion on me. Don't force it on me. And I think too many of us have heard that too many times. And now it ends up it ends up where Christians around the globe are more and more reluctant to share the beautiful good news of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is assembling a hand-chosen team for basically the ultimate mission trip. It's going to start off as a local mission, and then it's going to expand eventually into a global one. And this mission trip is actually continuing on even today. And it all began with a simple mission for his disciples to first go into their backyards and tell their fellow Jews 
about him. He tells them to spare no miracle. He says to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, to do whatever it takes to demonstrate God's power. And he lets them know that if people reject what they are teaching and trying to do, that they should just quietly withdraw. Don't make a big scene. All they could do would be to shrug their shoulders and walk away. They've done their best. And after Jesus emboldens them to do these things, he takes it a step further. He tells them he is sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Or in other words, if they think that sharing this with their own people is hard, he wants them to know that it's nothing compared to the struggle that they're going to have when they tell the rest of the world. But he wanted them to be as prepared as they could be for their moments. Now, this is a lot like what Jason and I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, where it's, it's great to start off by talking with your family and your friends about Jesus. Get comfortable telling your story, your faith story, something you're very confident in. Learn how to do these things in small steps so that when you go out into the world to tell people who are non-believers, people who don't know Jesus at all, it will be a lot simpler. And in this moment in the New Testament, Jesus assures them that they would be given what to say at the moment they need to say it, no matter the difficulties they were going to face. He reminded them that it wouldn't be them who would be speaking, but that the Spirit of God was going to be speaking, that he would supply the words. You know, Jesus had this vision of reaching the whole world. That's what Jesus wanted to do, but Jesus had no intention on doing it by himself. That's why he deputized all of these disciples who then deputized all of their disciples, and so on and so forth, until today. Just like his chosen disciples, who he had trained and taught, we have a role to play in this mission field. Just like the disciples of Jesus in the New Testament, we've spent our lives listening to Jesus. We, We have spent our lives hearing lesson after lesson, Uh, We've soaked it all up. And the disciples, you know, they spent so much of their time with Jesus being filled up on watching him perform miracles, listening to him teach, watching him cast out demons and heal people, the like, all of this. They were continually in awe of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, after having been filled not just with the teachings of Jesus that they had heard all of their time with him, but now with God in the form of the Holy Spirit, the apostles could not contain it any longer. And I think you see something amazing happen. Uh, They had been breathing in and feasting on the teachings and the works of Jesus. And then at one point, they were filled to the brim with the Holy Spirit. And I think at one point, finally, they... They finally had to exhale. They had to let all of this good news out. They could no longer contain all of the great things that they had learned, all of the great things they had seen, all of the experiences they had. It was now time for them to breathe out all of this goodness. And that's what the gospel is for us as well. 
at least for me, having grown up in the church and having grown up learning all about it and digesting it and investing in it and watching others and listening to others as they taught it to me, at some point or another, I had to decide if I'm truly invested in this, I can't just sit idly by and absorb it in. It's time to start sharing it. It's time to let it out. So wherever you are, and and if you're in the car, maybe it's not the best idea for you to do this. Uh, But if you're somewhere else or if you're parked or at a red light or something, it'd be good to just do this for a moment. I want you to take a deep breath, but don't let it out. And then take another deep breath, but, but again, don't let it out. And then, then take one more deep breath, but don't let it out. Now, you, you kind of see what happens here, right? At some point or another, you can only take in so much before you have to let it out. You can only inhale and breathe in so much air before you have to let it out. And I think it's only a matter of time before we all, as disciples, if we are truly learning and studying about God and his plan for us, that we just burst forth with the good news to others, like a breath we can't hold in anymore. And it all starts just like it did for the disciples of Jesus then in in our own backyard. I know a lot of us, we, we sit there and we wonder, where do we start? How do I even begin? And so I want to give you today five simple ways to reboot this journey of discipleship. Or if you've not even started this journey, it's five simple ways to begin this journey of discipleship. But for those of you who maybe have been sidetracked by COVID, you've been sidetracked by life and work or family or responsibilities, I want to give you five simple ways to reboot this discipleship journey. So let me start with this one. The first one is you have to resolve to be a true, obedient disciple. I know this seems really simple, uh, but this is definitely the beginning. You, you just can't be a disciple until you proclaim that is what you truly want to be. Remember, Jesus says that you can't serve two masters. So you have to ask yourself, who are you serving today? Are you all in on Jesus? Or are you all in on the world? You can't follow both paths. And so the first step in this is you have to make a goal. You have to resolve that you are going to be a true, obedient disciple. The second thing, the second simple way that you can reboot this journey of being a disciple is to regain control of the time wasters in your life. Now, if I've ever spoken an absolute truth before, this is it. Regain control of the time wasters in your life. I could easily take a moment at any point in the day and sit down and start surfing on the internet or browsing on my phone, and before I know it, I've, I've spent three hours accomplishing absolutely nothing. Have you ever been that way? Has that ever happened to you? Uh, How much time 
have we truly wasted? Uh, there's a great uh, website you can go to uh, to learn more about this. It's called rescuetime.com if you want to go look at that. But we waste so much time each and every single day. And it's mostly time with filled with just mindless scrolling and searching or liking or posting it's not time filled with good things that will uh, move us forward in life. Now, the third one here, third one here is a little bit more tricky. I still think it's pretty simple for us to, to, to look at as a way to reboot our discipleship journey, and that is to reclaim your responsibility as a spiritual leader. Now, this doesn't just mean to other people, although that's a very big part of this. We have to be a spiritual leader to other people in our lives. But it also means that you have to reclaim your responsibility as a spiritual leader of yourself. You are in control of your spiritual life. What you decide to do, what happens in your life, especially when it relates to uh, your relationship with Jesus, your study habits, your your time and devotion, all of these things, it's up to you. So if you're a servant of God, you are a spiritual leader, and you need to learn to lead yourself, and you need to be able to learn to lead others as well. Now, I'm not saying you have to lead an entire church. You don't have to lead even a small group or even a Bible class or anything like that. But you have to be able to lead others to Christ. And that's what that spiritual leadership really is. You need to be able to lead other people on a path that focuses them towards Jesus. And today, you need to reclaim that responsibility because that's something that God has given to you. In the same breath, there's the fourth uh, step in this uh, journey, the fourth simple step, and that is to recapture an active spiritual life in your home. Now, I'm mostly speaking at this point to people who have uh, maybe a, a spouse or children at home, but it can also relate to you if you live on your own because you still are the leader of your household. The question is, what are you doing at home to grow in your relationship with God? Or are you only looking to have your family or yourself grow with God when you come to church or a church event? I, I know that many of you have heard of the, uh, the satire farce site called the Babylon Bee. Uh, it's an online parody uh, that pokes fun, pokes fun at a lot of, used to really focus in on a lot of church and Bible topics. They've kind of expanded their, their reach a little bit. But there was one that I just, I still, to this day, uh, can't stop thinking about. So I went and looked it up uh, to make sure uh, that I could, I could just, I wanted to read this to you. So again, this is from the Babylon Bee. So this isn't a real news article, uh, but it so captures the idea of what happens in a lot of uh, Christian homes these days. Location, Fullerton, California. 
says local father Trevor Mickelson, age 48, and his wife Carrie, age 45, are just reeling after discovering that after 12 years of steadily taking their daughter Janie to church every Sunday, they didn't have a more pressing that didn't have a more pressing sporting commitment, uh, which was at least once every three months. She no longer demonstrates the strong quarterly commitment to the faith they raised her with. Now that she is college age, Trevor Mickelson was simply stunned at the revelation, says, I just don't understand it. Almost every single time there was a rained out game or a break between school and club team seasons, we had Janie in church. It was at least once per quarter. And aside from the one tournament in 2011, we never missed an Easter. It was an obvious a priority in our family. I just don't get where her spiritual apathy is coming from. I can't tell you how often we prayed the prayer of Jabez on the way to a game, added Janie's mother. You know, the more I think about it, the more this illustrates how the church just keeps failing this generation, lamented Trevor. The Mickelsons further noted plans to have a chat with the pastor of their church after their younger son, Robert's, soccer season calms down just a bit. Now, listen, I I know it's a parody site, but this one is so painful because I think it's so true because there's so many people who have allowed sports and other events, activities to go before a God. And I just want you to know, parents, that we have a job at hand to, to model faithfulness to our children. And how can we expect to tell people that Jesus is number one in our life Uh, When our families don't reflect that, when we don't make church and service a priority in our life, but we will make uh, going to ball games or going to concerts or going to school events a top priority, our children are going to see what we put at the top of our list. And God should always be at the top. When we start to do that, I think we're going to reclaim and reboot our discipleship journey when we make that statement and say, God is going to be first in our household. And then fifth, uh, I think we have to also reflect true Christian values in our community. It doesn't take long to start looking around to see that Christian values aren't the strongest values in the world anymore. It's time for us to take it to the streets. Uh, Or in our modern world, it would be time to take it to our schools, uh, to our jobs, to our friends, and let them know what you stand for, that you're no longer going to stand for uh, what the world wants to focus on, but instead you're going to focus on what God needs out of you in your life. I think we've all been tasked with serving on a mission team, just like Jesus had these disciples plan to go on this long mission journey that continues today. Or just like right now, Jason and our other people from from Mayfair are in uh, Baja doing this mission trip, or whether it be some other mission trip that you've been on. But I'm not just talking about uh, a mission team that goes and serves uh, in a foreign place. I'm talking about the fact that we have a mission to serve here. We all have a position on a team, and all of us have been called to share the good news of Christ with other people. 
And it starts just by our lifestyle and reclaiming all of these things we've just talked about. Listen, people, people may not listen to you. People may not join you when you stand up for what is right. People may not ever understand, but that does not mean that we should not stand resolute in our service to God. I think we've listened long enough. I think we've listened to the lessons that we've been taught by our preachers and our pastors and our our ministers and our teachers and our parents and our friends. We've listened long enough, and it's now time to exhale the truth of God into the world. We don't have to force it on anyone, but our commitment to being his disciple, it absolutely demands that we share it with other people. That's God's plan for us. That was his mission to save the world, and that's the mission that continues today. And you have to decide whether or not you want to be a part of it. So let me recap those quickly again. Five simple ways to reboot or even begin your discipleship journey. And that is, first of all, resolve that you want to be a true, obedient disciple. Second, regain control of the time wasters in your life. Third, reclaim your responsibility as a spiritual leader. Fourth, recapture an active spiritual life in your home. And then finally, reflect true Christian values in your community. If we do these five things, I think that it will breathe some new life into our discipleship journey. I hope that you will do that. Thanks so much for joining us again on The Gospel for Everyone. We'll catch you next time.